Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Speak it with power, speak it with purpose, and open our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So last week, we started this message series, Dreaming Your Way to Success. And we talked about three kinds of dreamers. We talked about people with no dream at all, right? Too busy to dream. Talked about people who are prisoners of dreams. Talked about people who are dream chasers. And we talked about people who are fully aligned. And that's the category we want to be. You don't want to be someone too busy to dream. You want to be someone whose dream is aligned with God's dream for your life. See, when your dream is aligned with God's dream, you know, that's a perfect place to be. And those are the kind of people the Bible says, take the light in the Lord, it will give you the desires of your heart. But our desire must first of all align with God's desire. And we talked about seven tests your dream must pass, all right, to make sure they align. Your, when your dream is aligned, there will be seven tests. We talked about all that in the series. Uh, it's recorded, it's on the website. You can listen to them. You can be inspired by them. But today I want to talk about how to kill the enemy of your dream. Because with every dream, there is a dream killer. There's a killer out there waiting to kill your dream. If you have a dream, which you do, because the Bible says the Lord has put eternity in every one of us hearts. And the Bible says where our heart is, that's where our treasure is. Your treasure is in your dream. God has put a dream in your heart. I don't know what it is. For some of us, it's it's different. Some of us, it's ministry, business. Uh, Some of us, it's personal. But the Lord has put a dream in your heart. But we know that with every dream, there is a dream killer out there that wants to kill your dream. And the reason why the enemy focuses on killing dreams is because it is easier to kill your purpose when they are just dreams. You know, we talked about dreams are God's plan and purpose that he plants in our heart. So God plants them in our heart as a seed that must grow. You know, dreams are like babies, all right, that must be nurtured. All right, each time I look at a baby, I look at how you know, the potential of a baby. Uh, and that's, that's very, very powerful. When I hold a baby, you know, maybe doing christening, doing baby dedication, I, I look at just this person who is helpless, right? Depends on everybody. Depends on the parent. Someday will grow up to become anything. And you have no way of knowing. God knows. Because God has a plan for every child. Amen. 
So there is, and that's why when you look at the scripture, you will see that the two greatest people in the Bible, the enemy tried to kill them when they were babies. One of them was Moses, and the other person was Jesus. They were both deliverers. Moses was the deliverer of Israel, the church in the Old Testament. He was the person that God sent. Now, so the enemy knows that, you know, it is easier to kill these two people when they were babies. Because when they grow up, it will will have been too late. That is what your dream is. You see, your dream is easier defeated. It costs him less to defeat your dream, you know, than to defeat the outcome. Oftentimes, your dream is bigger than you. Once those dreams become reality, it is much more difficult for the enemy to kill it. So your dream is given to you. It's your job to nurture your dream, right, to steward your dream, to protect your dream, to make sure the enemy does not kill those dreams. Praise the name of Jesus. If you look at Moses, for example, it took Moses' mom. In these two instances, somebody protected those kids, right? Moses' mom was the one that protected the baby. The Bible said because she knew this is no ordinary baby. There's something special about my child. I'm, just, I'm not just going to give up. I'm not just going to sit down there and do nothing and watch Pharaoh just kill my baby. Every other, every other mother just gave up. What can we do? We have no power. You know, Pharaoh wants to kill all babies, and Pharaoh he killed every baby that was, I think, two and below. All right? And Moses' mom said, I'm not going to sit down and do nothing. There is something special about this child. And obviously, if you know the story, she, you know, she took the baby, you know, put, it, put, put her in a small canoe or basket or whatever you call it, and go put him or hide him on the water, which is another very interesting thing. That's not where you hide something, right? If you really want to hide it, you don't just put it on water. But I believe she was following the Holy Spirit, all right? Because sometimes, I mean, the voice of the Holy Spirit is very, very powerful. God knew. God's plan is, is amazing. So she went and put that baby on the water, and Pharaoh's daughter saw the baby, you know, loved the baby, wanted the baby, and hired her to be the mother of the baby for her. So she got paid to raise her own child. Wow. Only God could have done that. Amen. But I, but I think the one, what I want to point out is she was courageous. It takes sensitivity to God. It takes courage. It takes obedience. It takes determination to be able to protect your dream. You see, if you're going to protect your dream, you have to believe in that dream. You have to believe it is worth protecting. You know, Moses' mom believed this dream, this baby is worth protecting. Now, there's risk involved, but I'm going to take that risk because I know this is very, very important. Same thing with Jesus. Herod was going to kill all babies. It's easier to kill Jesus when he was a baby. After that, it was too late. All right? So it's easier to say, this is when he's still a baby. Let's, let's destroy. Let's kill. And the Bible said, the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and told Mary, you must run to Egypt. 
you know, so Mary took the baby, ran to Egypt, and he was, he was in Egypt for a few years. That's a strange place. That wouldn't have been a place she would go by herself. You know, she wouldn't have been. Israelites don't, you know, don't have much regard for Egypt like that. But the, the Lord instructed her, and she took that baby and took, her, took him to Egypt and was there for a few years until the dream killer died. Hallelujah. So, and after the dream killer died, they brought Jesus back to Israel. Amen. So the devil tries, the killer will try to kill your dream while it's still a dream. You know, and it is your job, it is your responsibility to protect your dream, to steward your dream, to really, really, you know, protect it in whatever way you can, right? To make sure that dream becomes a reality. Doesn't matter what that dream is, it's in your heart. God has put it there. God has put that there because your dream is God's plan for you. And it's even beyond you. Your dream is a, is a small part of God's plan for the world. Look at how many people who have fulfilled their dream that we are benefiting from. Look at how many people who have written books, you know, who have inventions, who have created things, and we are all beneficiary of that. You know, many of them are long gone. We still enjoy the benefit of them pursuing the dream that God put in their heart. There is a dream in your heart that is very important. It's very, very critical. Many lives depend on them. You know, it might cost you. It might mean you have to take some risk. It might mean you have to work very hard. It might mean, you know, you'll be sensitive to God. Yes, you'll be courageous. You'll be obedient. You will leave some, you, it will take you some self-denial. But I want to let you know that God is in the business of fulfilling dreams. All right? God is in the business of fulfilling dreams. So it's going to take step of faith. It's going to take you to do some things so that your dream can be fulfilled. Now, today I'm going to talk about two kinds of, you know, I'm going to if, talk about two kinds of devices that the enemy uses to kill our dream. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, it's a verse that many of us are probably familiar with. Uh, I would like us to read it together. What happened? You took it off? Okay. So let's read it together. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You see, for a child of God, the devil is not that powerful. The power of the devil is in his devices, in his strategies. If you are a true born-again child of God, you should not be afraid of the devil. You should not be afraid of demons. You should not be afraid of witches. You should not be afraid of voodoo. You should not be afraid of witchcraft. A true born-again child of God should not be afraid. It's not even a question of praying so hard uh, it's not a question of how hard you pray, how whatever you are. No, 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 no. Because he is a defeated foe. You know, he has no power. If it is real, it is his power. Now, what he has is devices, strategy. 
So the real problem of a child of God is not knowing the strategy, not knowing the devices. That's why he says there, it takes advantage of us. Anytime we are ignorant, all right, so ignorance is really, really the key. What prevents us from truly, truly becoming what God has called us to be is ignorance of the devices of the enemy. So there are two ways, the, uh, there are two devices he uses. I call one the external device or external devices, or I, and I call the other one internal one. Now, the external devices that the enemy uses to kill your dreams are things outside of you. There are challenges you face. You know, if you have a dream, you're going to face challenges, all right? There are physical challenges that you face. Sometimes it's lack of money. Some of you, what is stopping your dream is lack of money. Some of you, what is stopping your dream maybe is, you know, your status is a major problem that is stopping your dream. Some of you maybe is, uh, you know, things you're just going through you know, that is really stopping your dream. There, sometimes there are obstacles that it puts on your way, physical obstacle or things you can see around you that just make it so difficult for you. Some of you is your family environment. You know, family environment, you have a dream, but your family environment just makes it so hard, you know, almost impossible for you to be, to be able to achieve your dream. Sometimes there are temptations, the enemy put in your ways. If you look at the scripture, in Numbers chapter 13, for example, uh, the, the, the Israelites confronted giants. You know, they sent, they sent uh, you know, they, they, were, they were going to go to the promised land. You don't need to go there yet. When, when, we, when we want to go there, I'll let you know. They were going to go to the promised land, and they had to send giants to go and look at the land. All right, they sent 12 people, one from each tribe, you know, they are like spies. They are spies to go look at the land. So they sent them to look at the land, and they came back and gave a report. The first group of people, 10 of them, said, you know, it's impossible for us to go to this land. You know, the land is, they describe it as a land that it is in inhabitants. First of all, there is nothing like that. If that land eats its inhabitants, there will be nobody there. You know, and they said, the people there, they were giants. You know, and he said, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. All right? They even see their sight, which they don't really know. They don't even know how those people. In fact, if you go look at it, the people were actually afraid of them, <laughs> eventually. The people were actually so afraid, but that's how they saw it. They saw physical obstacle. Now, they saw that the land was great. You know, and that is their dream. That is always their dream. I mean, they left Egypt 40 years ago. And they've gone through wilderness. They've gone through hurdles. They've gone through all kinds of things. Now, at this point, there's like, I don't think it's possible. Because there's a physical obstacle. They saw giants, and they considered this impossible. Same thing, the children of Israel, when they were facing the Goliaths. Now, everyone's, Goliath was stopping Israel. In fact, Goliath was actually there to stop David from fulfilling his dream. David was, has been anointed, called to be a king. David must defeat Goliath. 
then Goliath is a giant. So many of us, we have obstacles like that. We have things like giants in our life. You know, they are physically, they are standing there. There's no, I mean, giants, you can't ignore giants. They are there. They are just, they are, they are imposing. They are very daunting. They appear, you know, if, you, if your dream is going to cost you 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, the business you are going to start, that's a giant. I mean, that has always been your dream. The school you're going to go to, you know, you've applied, you know, the, the school fees are just incredible expensive, you know, I mean, you, I mean, nobody's going to, I mean, uh, and sometimes you look at the stats, you know, sometimes I look at these schools, they say only 3% get, you know, get admitted. And you're going to look at it out of, what, 3%? What's my chance? That's a giant. What the enemy succeeds in saying is, the, the odds are so against you. But if you're a child of God, you are going to say, if that's my dream, I can be one of those 3%. You know, even if there's a 1% chance, it could be me. Hallelujah. So a lot of times there are, you know, there are external things that are real. They are real. They are put there by the enemy to really block you. And oftentimes they are put there to stop you from trying, to stop you from even pursuing those dreams, so that you're going to say, this dream is impossible. You know, oh, I've, I've always dreamt of, you know, being an author, writing a book. I mean, and you go research and look at the process, and you're like, wow, this is impossible. I remember when I first moved to the United States, I wanted to go do my master's. This is in 1998. I just moved, and I was really just, you know, I was excited. The goal was to go do my master's. And I was, I had, and I haven't looked at, you know, how much it costs and all those. I haven't. So the first person I talked to just got, you know, got a book and showed me the school fees. <laughs> and he said, you want to do your master's? Let me show you the school fees before you dream too big. And that was, you know, for someone who was new, it was so depressing. It was so, where am I going to find this money? You know, so for, for a few weeks, I was really weakened. I was discouraged, you know, because, you know, I was really. Then after a while, I just said, you know what, this is, I'm going to still do this. This is possible. This is possible. You know, you know there's a way. There's God here. God can provide. Eventually, God provided. Uh, in fact, in, in, in ways that are beyond. I eventually got a job got my job to pay for the master, most of the master's degree. It wasn't even an issue anymore. You know, but I, but I continue, I press through and refuse those physical obstacles. So many of you, you have physical obstacles around you. They are external devices that the enemy has erected. They are roadblocks. And many of you are facing them now. Roadblocks. You are in there. But you know, obstacles don't really block your path. Obstacles are the path for you to get into your dream. Obstacles don't block your path. They are the path. Because how can you be an overcomer if you didn't overcome anything? How can you be victorious if, you were not, if there was no obstacle? There was no enemy to fight. How can you say, I'm victorious? 
How can you say I have a testimony when there is no test? You've never gone through a test. You don't have a testimony. You know, each time we have someone give a testimony and we're clapping, we're excited, it's because there was, first of all, a test. So there are external devices that the enemy puts on our way. Whether you want to be a missionary, you want to go into ministry, you want to go into business, you dream of going back to school, you dream of becoming something, whatever your dream is, there is an obstacle that the enemy go and erect, especially when that dream is from God. For Joseph, his brothers were his obstacle. They were there. They purpose in their heart, we are going to stop him from fulfilling. They were so threatened by his dream, and they decided we are going to stop him. But they couldn't because the dream was from God. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to say, obstacles don't block my path. They are my path. Hallelujah. So the second device are internal devices. So I said there are two ways. One is external. One is internal. See, internal devices are in you. They are your mindset in your mind most times. The fears, the doubts, the negative thoughts, you know, those things inside of you that the enemy puts there. Sometimes they are your personal weaknesses, sinful tendencies that we have, you know, that the enemy exploits. Enemy exploits them to stop you. Sometimes they are, you know, emotional baggage that we have. The reason Moses didn't enter the promised land was not because of physical. It was because of the internal one, his emotional problem, his anger problem, right? That anger caused him to disobey God, and God said, you are not going to enter the promised land. Did you see that now? A lot of times our mindset, our fears that we entertain, doubt that we entertain. The Bible says the person that doubts cannot receive anything from God. You know, your dreams are from God. You can fulfill your dream if you keep going back and forth. The Bible says let not that person think they can even receive anything from God. If you go back and forth, back and forth in your mind, doubt, negative thoughts. Many of us, we perpetuate negative thoughts. We perpetuate them, we enjoy them, we think about them. And people with negative thoughts, they are always attracted to negative, negative people. You know, they go to negative people, negative people say negative things. They tell you how it's impossible, they tell you how it's difficult, how this is not, just forget about it. Oh, I used to, I used to dream like that. They tell, oh, you're still naive. I used to dream like that. I used to think I would get a great job. You know, I would do this. I would work in corporate office. Oh, God. You know, you're still dreaming. You know, they'll tell you those things. I mean, and, and that will really deflect you. So the enemy uses those internal devices to really, really steal your dream and kill them. You know, personal weaknesses that people have. You know, Samson's dream was not fulfilled because he had this personal weakness, lost problem that he never dealt with. All right? Now, you will find out that most times, the external device 
or devices that the enemy puts, they work because the devil has already defeated us internally. So these internal devices are even really, really much important. The enemy wins externally because he first of all won. He has won the battle internal. That's important. Let's go back to Numbers. Let's read Numbers. Where Numbers 13, where I was talking about. Now, the problem with these people were their own perception. Look at what they said. But the men who had gone up with him said, they went with Caleb, and said, we can't attack these people. They haven't even attacked. Look at what he said. We can't attack these people, those people. They are stronger than we are. Now, how did they know they were stronger? They just look at them physically. They haven't even engaged in any fight. They said they are stronger than we are. And they spread among Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. So they, spend, they spread it. There are a lot of people like that who spread bad reports. They go around and say, this is impossible. This is not going to work. You can't get into Ivy League school, or you can't become this. You can't pass that exam. You can't get your tenure. You can't do this. Oh, no, they don't give it to you. Oh, someone like you. Oh, no, it's not. Those jobs are not available for people. I remember when I was looking for a job. Now, when I moved, I studied mechanical engineering. And I wanted to get a job in the engineering field. Now, this is 1998. I didn't know a single person, really, that was working in the engineering field. I did not know one. I knew, I knew one person, but the person, I didn't even know him personally. Somebody told him, me about him. So I spoke with him on the phone. He said, it's possible. You can get a job. And I remember when I was entering, I was entering the United States at JFK, and I, the person that interviewed me said, oh, welcome, welcome. And he said, you know, you studied engineering. And he said, he said to me, take a look at New York Times every Sunday. There are job posting there. You're gonna, you, you can get a job. He didn't know me. But as soon as I came in, everybody that I met said, oh, no, you can get a job. In fact, one of the persons that I, confided, I, I was talking to said, those jobs that they post, they're not for people like, they're already giving out to people. That's it. Said, let me tell you a secret. Said, let me tell you a secret. This is secret in America. Those jobs posted, they're already giving them out. They just posted them to fulfill all righteousness so that, you know, they will just satisfy. I mean, this person just made it up. I later found out that the person made it up. But you see, people who spread bad reports, they always sound convincing. I mean, they tell you, look, I know what I'm talking about, and they don't. <laughs> I mean, this is what I was told, that those jobs have been given out. It's, it's not for you. You can't get them. And that was so that I wouldn't even try. So that I wouldn't try. You know, and every other person. I mean, many of you, you're probably facing things like that. What you are getting at convince people. These people now, how was it possible for the children of Israel to not even be able to trust people? They've been there. These are people that went and visited the land, right? So I didn't visit the land. They visited the place and they said they are stronger than us. I mean, it's easy to believe. 
They are stronger than us. So they spread these people, and they said, the land we explored, they were the explorer, right? Devours those living in it. Devour, I mean, like eat up people who live in it. I mean, that's a very graphic way to paint. And that's, that's how negative people talk. Dramatic. Very graphic. Right? Devours those who live in it. All the people we saw were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendant of Anak come from Nephilim. We, we seem like grasshoppers in their own eyes. How do you even know their eyes? And we look the same to them. In our own eyes, and we look the same to them. So in our own eyes, we are like grasshoppers. I mean, that's, that's really what, what was painted. Why? To really defeat them internally. You know, once the enemy can defeat you internally, that something is not possible. It's not for someone like you. There's no one like you. I mean, it's not for you. You can achieve that. You know, that's not possible. Then you are, you are never able to give it your best. You know, once you have that element of doubt, and one thing is our mindset is always self-fulfilling. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Well, what we think, we always get what you think. You know, you go there. Some, if somebody tells you, that church, oh, they are terrible there. People there, they don't like you. They don't greet you. They just, and people paint, you know, that is what you are going to see when you get. You're going to go around, you're going to see people not greeting you. You know, if one person doesn't greet you, that, that would be like 100 people they didn't greet you. That's how the enemy works, by walking on our mind. But may I tell you something? Most people who do great things, they do them in spite of. It is never because of. In fact, most people who have done significant in the, things in the world were people who were either too busy or too sick to do it. You know, a lot of people who have done great things are people who had, they sh- shouldn't have done it. They couldn't have done it. They had nothing, a lot of them. And we can go on and on and see those stories. So that's, that's why we must know when there's a dream in your heart, God will fulfill that dream. But the enemy will try to kill your dream. It is your job to protect your dream. It is your job to rise up and make sure your dream is not killed. Because if you can protect it, if you can really steward it very well, feed your dream very well, nurture your dream very well, it will become a reality. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll look at a few things that the enemy uses, a few dream killers. Number one is fear. Fear. Maybe that's probably one of the greatest killers of dreams. Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure. It's one of the major reasons people don't even accomplish their dream. They are afraid that when they step up, 
and walk, what if I fall? You know, they say, what if I fall? What if it never happens? You know, if I start a church, what if nobody comes? <laughs> right? You know, if I start a business, what if nobody buys it? If I open our website and start selling the product, what if nobody even goes to my website? You know, what if I apply and nobody accepts me? What if, what if, what if? And that fear stops so many people from pursuing their dream. Some of us are afraid of what people might say. All right, so we don't do it. We never try. Especially if you fail, people are going to make fun of me. Many of us are like that. You are afraid what people are saying. You know, fear is really false evidence appearing real. And you can, that's the acronym for it, F-E-A-R, false evidence, evidence appearing real. A lot of times, they are false. They appear real, and therefore, we stop. Look at a kid that can't go into the dark. You know, because they've read, somebody had told them, ah, there's something in the dark. There's whatever in the dark. In the dark is all kinds of, you know, ghosts in the dark. Many of us have gone through that, right? All kinds of things in the dark, all right? Now, you step into the dark, you start seeing all kinds of ghosts. You've seen things moving. I mean, you've seen objects, objects that don't exist at all. You see them. You know, they are false evidence. They appear real. You know how many people have become sick because of wrong diagnosis? They just tell them they have something they don't have. And they start having the symptoms of those things. Fear. Fear creates a lot of realities in our life. And because we believe that, fear acts like faith in the opposite. Fear is the opposite of faith. You start believing it and you start seeing it. Even Job at some point said, the things that I fear, they have come to me. Now, he was a very, very devout person, very prayerful man, but he was motivated by fear. So all this prayer was because he feared his children was going to die. So he went to God every day. Imagine you just go to God every day. All you talk about was, ah, don't let my children die. I mean, don't, don't do this, don't do that. So it's, and he said, look, this is what I've always feared. Fear has a way of becoming a reality when you succumb to fear. So you must defeat your fear. All right? Otherwise, you, fear will kill your dream. If you don't kill fear, fear will kill your dream. So how do you kill fear? Rise up and do it. Rise up and do something. Take that exam. Step up. Tell people. That's how you kill fear. Tell people. The enemy can't do anything. He can't stop it. Tell people about your dream. Have people to hold you accountable. Announce to everybody that this is what I'm going to do. Tell them, hold me accountable. Don't keep it to yourself to say, oh, I'm going to apply to school and I'm not going to tell anybody. All right, so that if I don't get into any school, I'm not going to, nobody's going <laughs> to. 
And many of us are in cultures where fear was the operating principle. Many of us from the African country, culture, fear is the operating thing. People tell you, oh, you get pregnant, don't tell anybody. Don't tell. Because if you tell them, they, they will kill the pregnancy. You know. So we, we live like that. I mean, they, they won't tell until people start seeing it. I mean, are you pregnant? I don't know. <laughs> Everybody is a witch trying to steal their pregnancy. Let me tell you something. Witches don't need to be told. The true witches, if they are really powerful, they don't need to be told you are pregnant. They know you are pregnant. But you hide it from people who can pray for you. You hide it from all of them. That's a joke, but it's a serious problem when in the larger context of it, how it rules our life, fear. So fear, so we must confront it. It confronts, it prevents us from moving forward. So you must confront your fear. Rise up and defeat fear. You know? The only way you are going to know your dream is possible is not by thinking about it, by contemplating it, is by stepping out. Once you take that first step, you're going to realize your dream is possible. Take the first step. Step out. Hallelujah. Number two, avoid fire extinguishers. They are are dream killers. They are people who kill dreams. That's their specialty. They are a group of people, sometimes friends, close relatives. They specialize in killing people's dreams. Most times they don't even know it. All right? Any little spark, enthusiasm, they kill it. You have a dream, you have a desire, they talk you out of them. They talk you out of your plan, they talk you down, they remind you how weak you are, they remind you you know, of your weakness, of your, you know, they remind you that you are not all that. They let you know that you are not all that. There are a lot of them. And be very, very careful. Most dream, most dream, people with dreams have faced them. If you're not able to defeat the fire extinguishers, they will extinguish your dream. Hallelujah. Because if your dream is from God, it's usually bigger than you think. It's bigger than people can comprehend. It's bigger. If your dream is truly because God's, you know, God's dream is kingdom size. God's dream is higher. It's bigger. You know, you're going to have to multiply your own dream by 100 or whatever to really, really capture God's dream. You know, God, the Bible says, is uh, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine. God's dream is so powerful, you know, so you need to avoid people who are not operating in that same realm. And there are a lot, of, and a lot, usually a lot of people around us, they know us. They think they know us. That's the problem, right? They think they know you. So usually they don't think so highly of you. They don't think so highly of you. Most people, are, they know your weakness. They, they don't think so highly of you. And especially if they are not spiritually minded people, it even makes it worse. I mean, so they cannot even comprehend the dream that God has given to you. So when they put those two together, 
They think they are trying to help you by really, really bring you to reality. So be very, very, very careful who you share your dream with. So avoid them. That's how to make sure you kill them. Avoid fire extinguishers. Be careful of the kind of people you share your dream with. Share your dream with people that will be of great help, people of like-minded, or people who are actually bigger than you. You know, you, you should always have people who are much, much accomplished. Many of us, we like to hang around people who are like us. People who are like us. That's, that's the problem with many of us. People who are like us or below us. You know, first of all, it makes you feel good. All right? You are always the person that is the smartest among the people that talk. You know, you are always this, you are always that. You don't go around people that will challenge you. You know, if you have a church like this, all the churches you visited are smaller. You are going to come back and feel good about your church every time, right? But if you go to churches where there are thousands of people, you're challenged. You know, you're challenged. You can dream bigger. You know, you can really say this is possible. You know, if people can do it, you can really, really. Many of you don't do that. You don't even do, you don't hang around things big. People who can tell you, yes, you can do that. Yes, that's possible. Why not? Yes, you can. You can become what you want to become. You need to have people like that around you. Hallelujah. So make sure you avoid fire extinguishers. Yeah, sometimes you can go out of work. Sometimes you can go out of balance. Sometimes you can sincerely be unrealistic. But mature people know how to help you channel all that, not by killing your dream. Did you get what I'm talking about? Not just by telling you, oh, it's impossible. Oh, no, you can't. No, no, this is, this is, this is never done before. And then, nobody has ever done that. Nobody has ever. It's never done. So make sure you deal with it. The next one I'm going to share, we're out of time, is your low, low self-esteem. You see, people with low self-esteem, and many of us have issue of self-esteem. Most people struggle with self-esteem in one way or the other. And if you continue, if you don't even continue to work on your self-esteem, you know, the natural thing is to really fall back to low self-esteem. How many of us walk around just thinking we are less because of what you have, how you look, you know, your weight, you know, your skin color, your education, your your family background. I mean, many of us, we have put ourselves in that context. So you walk around overly sensitive to what people say, overly this because you just think, oh, you know, I'm nobody. Nobody care of me. I'm the least. Nobody care about me in this church. I'm not this. I'm not that. People who think like that don't achieve much. They don't even dream big. They don't think about what they can do. They don't. So it's important to really work on your self-esteem. And how do you work on your self-esteem? You have to use the word of God. There's really no person that is diligent in studying the word that will have low self-esteem. You see, when people have low self-esteem, it tells me they are not in the word of God. They are not studying the word correctly. They are not spent, because if you spend time in the word, it is impossible for you not to catch what God 
says of you. Did you get that? What God says of you is very, very important. God says of you is very, very important. And it's, it's important. I remember about seven years ago, you know, somebody, seven, eight years ago, somebody just called me, one of my friends. He said, oh, yeah, I just, I just woke up and had a dream about you today. It's very, very interesting. I saw you preaching and... Uh, and, uh, and uh, the, I think some prominent people were there. I think he said Mayor Bloomberg was there where you were preaching. So you preaching, and I said, that's awesome. Amen. That's, that's going to happen. Seven years ago. I didn't, I didn't reject. I didn't say me, an immigrant from Nigeria. But I preached. Phil Murphy, listen to my message, right? Just, and there's going to be more. I mean, that's, look, at, look at that. I, I sat down here and said, this is one of the best messages I've listened to. Don't count yourself out. Don't, don't say you are nobody. Nobody, nobody, I mean, no, 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 no. And many of us, we do that because we think so lowly of ourselves. We don't go for big things. Go for big things. Praise the name of Jesus. The last thing I'm going to talk about is that really, really hurt us and kill dreams is laziness. But you're going to have to ask yourself, is your dream worth it? I think most people are lazy because they don't respect their dream. They don't respect their dream. They don't think it's that great. They don't think it's that important. They don't think it's even that possible. So they don't give themselves. They live their life, you know, they are the first set of people I refer to with no dream at all, right? Too busy to dream. Many of you are too busy with the mundane. We forget to go for the big things. And the mundane things are just go to work, come home, you know, shop, uh, things that everybody does. You know, there are things that everybody does. Everybody goes to work, come home, uh, go to church even on Sunday, you know, and, you know, they even go late, you know, they go, they just show up, it's just to show up in church, you know, what did we land there anyway, it's just to check so that God is not unhappy, at least we, we check the box, God, I go to church every Sunday, at least that should count in your books that I've fulfilled, you know. Hopefully when I go before God in the last days, I can say I go to church every Sunday. Uh, it's amazing what people think about some of these things. So, we don't really take ourselves seriously. You are very important to God. Those dreams are put there by God. Yeah, they are going to require work. They're going to require you to work on yourself. Many of us don't find time to work on ourselves. They're going to make you to make, cause you to make some hard changes if you're really going to fulfill those dreams. Right? You're going to have to make some difficult changes. You're going to make them. You're going to work on you. You're going to have to study to show yourself approved. Many of us have problems studying. You're going to have to ex- extend yourself, stretch yourself. Go out of your familiar territory. 
do something uncomfortable. Lazy people don't want some to do something uncomfortable. Lazy people, in fact, sometimes excel at doing the routine. They're very good. And sometimes the reason why people seem hardworking at ordinary things is because they are lazy. Most of us, are, our laziness comes most in application of our mind. You know, a lot of hardworking, physically hardworking people, you know, is because they're actually lazy in the mind. We just had a conference when the man of God was talking about why people don't think is because it's exhausting. That's true. Mind exercise is very exhausting. Thinking very thoroughly about challenges and problems is very difficult. It's actually easy to be running around all day. It's very easy to appear so busy. And many of us derive joy in that, oh, I'm so busy, ah. Where where do I have time to read a book? Read a book, ah, busy. (laughs) Pastor is asking us to read a book, ah. With all, I mean, between my two jobs and coming to church, ah, ah, reading books. You know why? That's laziness. Those things are easy to do. Everybody can drive, get into train, and go to work, and clock this, and come home, and just jump in, or just come to church and do, and everybody can do that. Everybody. The dullest of the dullest can do that. But exercising our mind, and that's where many of us, our dream die. Because your dream confers upon you some responsibility. There are things God can't do for you. Many of you have jobs and professions. You don't subscribe to magazines of your profession. You don't. You don't belong to any professional organization. You don't. You don't have a mentor that challenges you. You, don't. you just go to work and come back. That's easy. You don't exercise your mind. You don't. How can I get to the next level? How can I exercise myself? Those things we must do. You know, laziness is what kills dreams. You can have all the dreams you want. If you're not willing to work for it, you won't get there. And God does not reward laziness. I mean, if God rewards laziness, it would be an unjust God. It would not, I mean, God will not. It's not a, I mean, God himself works hard. Jesus said, my father works, therefore I work. So please, we must kill laziness, otherwise it's going to kill you. All right? And they come in many forms. Many of you have lost inspiration. You procrastinate. Procrastination. You are tired. You've lost motivation. You know, you just don't want to do things. You don't want to exercise yourself. The way to defeat laziness, number one, is to really believe that dream. That dream is worth the effort of going after it. It's, it's worth it. If it's going to cost you to go to work and still spend every two, three hours every day to work on it, if it's going to work, cost you to sleep less to work on it, you must do it. Many of you say, oh, how can I do it? How can I start a business? And by the time I come back from work, I'm, la- I'm tired. You are lazy. What do you mean you are tired? You are not. You are, you are lazy. You are not tired. 
there are people working harder than you. That's very important to know that. You're going to, you, you, people who do great things are busy people. Do you know I found out that people who do the greatest in this church are the busiest people? Their job is harder, all right? They spend more time at work. They have kids. They are juggling. Many of the single people, ah, I'm too busy. You are lazy. That's why. You should be uh, about, about that. You should be doing a lot more. Many of you sitting here. You get out of church. Oh, I'm too busy. You are not busy. You are lazy. And I want you to know that. <laughs> and that's it. Extend yourself. Look, I was a minister. I was doing my master's. And I, I mean, I've done all this. So when people say, I say, look, I've done all this. I was preaching ministry, overseeing ministry, going to work, doing my master's degree, had a girlfriend. I mean, I mean, you. <laughs> Got married, had kids. Look, you have only one life. Spend it well. I mean, that's, that's, you must spend it, exert yourself. Many of us, there's so much capability inside of you. Many, many of you can write books. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to spend two, three hours after work every day, go to work, go to sleep a little bit late. You just have to adjust it. And it's not going to be forever, right? And do something. Maybe study, study. If you, if you take, I want to study, no matter what you want to study, how to code, how to do this, how to do that. If you spend two hours every day after work, turn off the TV, turn off those shows. Those shows, the people, who, the people making those shows are hardworking people. That's why they were able to make those shows. They don't even have time to watch shows. I watched one of the movie actors, and they were asking her, did you watch your movie? I don't have time. <laughs> I'm already working on the next movie. I mean, she made the movie. They didn't have time to watch the movie. They already got on the next movie. The people watching the movie are lazy people, <laughs> most of them. We'll make them money, right? We'll just go home, go back from work, get popcorn, and they are watching the shows. <laughs> and you spend, many of you spend three, four hours every day. Watch TV. Divide that. Take two hours. Develop yourself. What is your dream? Is it a business? Is it, an, is it something? Spend two hours every day and do something towards your goal. Do something. I mean, you cannot do that. I mean, the capacity of the human mind is so amazing. I mean, how people can conceive ideas, manufacture things. Look at, if you say chip in a, in a computer, some people thought of it and they worked on it. So, I mean, the capacity in our mind is so powerful, but we waste them every single day. Waste them. And we, st we, st we suffer from mind rot. It's even so rotten, it can't do anything again. I want to challenge you. We're going to have to defeat laziness. I want you to say, we're going to have to defeat laziness. No more procrastination. No more inaction. I am working towards my dream. Let's pray, let's pray. Father, thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. We thank you because 
you have put this dream in our hearts for a reason. You have called, because there's a seed of greatness inside of us. We don't want to fail you. We don't want to just be people who will meet you. We have not done anything with this precious dream, the baby that you have put inside of us, that you want us to nurture, you want us to really, you know, take care of until it becomes a reality. Inside of many people here are great inventions. Inside of many of us here are great businesses. Inside of many of us here are books, churches, ministries, organizations that you have called us to do. Father, I pray today that the grace to empty all those things out, the grace to defeat fear, every fear of the enemy, I banish you in the mighty name of Jesus, to defeat every dream killer, low self-esteem, fear, laziness, I release that grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone here will, will fulfill our dreams. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for that word. It's definitely a word in season. Because if you've been reading the devotional for the week, actually the past five days has been speaking to, to us about dream killers. And it was not planned. The devotion was printed months ago and the word came at the right time. So the father is speaking to us. I know the word today was like a hammer. Like hammer just banging on our head because God wants to wake up the giant. So let's rise up as we take the confession this morning. As we take the confession, I'm sure we are all ready for the challenge to kill our dreams. To kill the dream killer, sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ready for the challenge to fulfill our dreams. The devil is a liar. We'll fulfill our dreams. Amen. Amen. So I'll say it the first time. Um, you repeat after me, and the second time we'll say it together. As a child of God, God has put a kingdom-sized dream in my heart. 